Amen. You can be seated. All right. So, so my my weekly question time. Are you guys ready? Have you ever been glad when something was over? Do you ever kind of just wish you were done? That anybody? Yeah. Cleaning the house, doing the laundry, doing the dishes, cutting the wood, splitting the wood, taxes. Thanks. Now I'm all depressed. Well, we were at church before Hillary was born, and, and some of you have heard this story before, but, but I kind of got roped into teaching 5th and 6th grade Boys and Girls Pioneer Club for three hours every Wednesday night to a bunch of kids who didn't want to be there. Have you ever done that? Three hours? I didn't know three hours could be so long. They, they wouldn't listen. They didn't want to do, the, and I am not a craft person anyways, but they, they didn't want to do the crafts spit wads flying across the room, and that was just the parents. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I could not wait. I, I had committed to do that for a year, and I could not wait until I was done with Pioneer Club. Well, well, that was the school year. That Sometime that summer, we, we ended up going to a different church, and, and, and I remember as we went to this church, my thought was, I am not going to get involved in something like that. I'm just going to come here, and I'm going to be a spectator. And I was for about three weeks. And the minister of education, Wayne Bradshaw, one, ended up being one of my mentors in the ministry, uh, came, and he said, Larry, would you teach the young adult Sunday school class? And I said, well, how many? He said, well, with you and Cynthia, that would make five. <laughs> And so I uh, began to teach that class, and God just did some amazing things. And over the years, that class turned from a group of five into a Sunday school department of 30. And watch God move and work and bring young families uh, into that church. And it was amazing. That experience shaped my ministry. And I almost missed out. Because I was done. Well, we're in a series called Reset. And, and as we entered into this year, we, we asked God to reset our hearts. That is, our, our, our wishes, our, our wants, and our desires. We've asked God to reset our minds, our, our thoughts, and our beliefs. And last week, we, we asked God to... I forgot what we asked God to do. No, We asked God to reset our voice. That is the part of us that goes out, this, our, 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 our actions and, and our words. And, and so today, I want us to ask God to reset our hands. That is how we serve. Now, you knew I would get there eventually. And before you leave, there's a sign-up sheet. I'm kidding. Uh, I thought about it, uh, but didn't do it for 5th and 6th grade Boys and Girls Pioneers Club. Everyone, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, some of you got scared just a minute, didn't you? But I want us to ask God to reset our hands for service. How we serve. And, and you know, this is almost like one of those tithing messages, you know, that we get to. Everybody's like, oh, you know, I guess, oh, it's got to happen. You know, he, he's got he's to give a message on, on serving and, and doing. But, but I don't want us to look at it this way. I want us. I want us to ask God to reset. You know, we, we've already talked about our heart, 
our minds, a part of us that goes out from us, the, the, our voice. I want us to, to ask God today, in all honesty, Lord, reset the way that I serve you. Reset my hands for service. And, and, and it would be nice if we could start with a clean slate. No, no, we can't as far as our relationship with God, forgiveness. But, but it, it would be nice if we could, if I could somehow erase from my mind, fifth and sixth grade, boys and girls, Pioneer Club, every Wednesday night for three hours. Um, that will be marked on me forever. But God uses that in a good way, too. Romans chapter 12, if you have your, your Bibles with you, turn there. If you have your apps, point there. By the way, in case you didn't know, uh, we are in the Bible app, so if you've got that U version of the Bible, uh, you can you can click on there, and then if you go, if you got an iPhone and yours is like mine, on the bottom right, go to More and Events, and you actually have the notes there, and you can save it. Um, so so you get a bonus uh, if you do that one. You have the notes with the answers. Nobody seemed excited about that at all, which is good because that means that you still plan on listening. Uh, it's under Events. It'll pop up uh, with us there, and you hit that and hit save. Uh, I do that every week just for me so that I've got them. Are you there yet? Romans chapter 12. We, we've talked about this. Actually, we, we've used this uh, in, in three Sundays uh, as kind of our, our, our main passage. I want us to look at verses 3 through 8 today. Here's what the Apostle Paul says. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, that he's talking about this one, this body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. By the way, did you know that your right index finger has a different function than your left index finger? If you don't believe me, you injure your right index finger, and you try to do things with your left index finger. Some of you don't. All right, so you want me to tell you how you do that. What you do is you want to get a jigsaw. Um, don't unplug it and try changing the blade. Yeah, I did that a few years ago. So Paul says, so and, and the members do not all have the same function, verse 5, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. You ever given, some, given someone a gift that they never opened? Does that ever happen? And then finally you say, so did you like it? Now, guys, we, 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 we just may as well go ahead and admit, our wives are usually gi the gift givers. So, so here's my response when someone comes up to me, usually after Christmas, and says, thank you, thank you for the gift. And I say, you're so welcome. What was it? Paul says that God has given us, through his Holy Spirit, gifts, and he says, let us use them. If prophecy, he starts naming some, in proportion to our faith. If service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts, that is in encouragement, in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, 
the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Here's what Paul's saying. Paul says, listen, God has gifted you in the body of Christ. God has gifted you, so let us use those gifts. He didn't give us the gifts just so that we could have them. Um, my, my father-in-law texted me. My birthday was a couple of, actually a few weeks ago now. And, and my father-in-law texted me. I didn't even tell my wife this uh, while we were gone uh, on a trip. And he said, so did you get the check that I sent you? Because it hasn't, hasn't cleared the bank yet. <laughs> he does that. He like watches. So I like looked at my wallet and there it is. And I said, no, I just haven't had a chance to do that yet. Uh, but thank you for the gift. Um, so, so if you want to make my father-in-law happy and he gives you a check, if you cash it right away, that says, I really appreciate that gift. <laughs> Paul says, God has given us these gifts and he's given them to us for us to use, use them in the body of Christ. Now, let me just clarify really quickly, but, because here's what we tend to think when we talk about the body of Christ. We tend to think about universally, Right? We're all members of one body, the church, that is, believers from everywhere, right? Anybody think about that? I I think that sometimes. Here's what you need to know, that most of the time in Scripture, when it is referring to the body of Christ, it's referring to the local congregation. Did you know that? Some of you don't believe me. Go back and read. It's referring to the local congregation. And Paul says, God has given us these gifts. Let us use them. Don't just hang on to them. Don't just keep them. Don't just stick them in your wallet. Yes, what's in your wallet? I know that was coming. Let us use them. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, uh, most of you have memorized. Anybody memorize that? I remember memorizing that as a, as a teen. For some reason, the things I memorized as a teen tend to stick better than the things I try to memorize now. Paul says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, so that no one can boast. Not a result of works. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's verse 10. We, we, we memorized verse 8 and 9, right? It is by grace you have been saved through faith. Not your own doing. It's the gift of God so that nobody can boast. And it, it's interesting to me that right after the Apostle Paul is talking about, listen, you were saved by grace. Nothing that you did of yourself that immediately the Apostle Paul jumps right into, for you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, so that's those who believe, in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, so that you should walk in him. I I love the way Rick Warren puts this. I don't know if you guys remember 40 Days of Purpose. Yeah, that, that was like, feels like eons ago. It was probably like 17 years ago or so. But I love one of the things he says in this, and they do this in their church, or they used to. I suppose they still do. He says that you were saved to serve. Think about that just a minute. You were saved to serve. Some of you may be saying, no, I was saved so I wouldn't go to hell. 
I was saved from my sin. I was saved so that I could spend eternity with God in heaven. And all those things are true. But if that was the only thing, only reason you were saved, why are you still here? If you were simply saved so that you could spend eternity with God, you were simply saved so that you wouldn't go to hell, you were simply saved so that you could have a relationship with him, you're going to do those in heaven. Why are you here? You see, the truth is, and Paul, Paul gets to it in verse 10 in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians. I, I spent the weekend in Fort Worth, Texas, and my Texan came back. Um, sorry, that slipped out every now and then. You were saved to serve. And you may be thinking, I'm not sure about that. I, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Whenever you came to faith in Christ, now I know depending on who it was that led you to faith in Christ and where you were in the church and, and just kind of the words that they used, but I would bet, I would bet that when you came to faith in Christ, that you came to him as Lord and Savior, right? He's your Lord and Savior. Where there's a Lord, that's master, there's a servant, And when he saved you, he became your master. He became your Lord. That means that you are his servant. And you are to serve him. Some of you are saying, Pastor Larry, you're going a long ways around trying to get us to sign up for 5th and 6th grade Boys and Girls Pioneer Club for three hours every Wednesday. No, no. How many of you, when you wake up in the morning, say, Jesus, you're my master, and I'm your servant. What would you have me do? That's typically not the way we start our day, is it? But I think it's the way we should start our day. You ever thought about doing this? You ever thought about getting up in the morning and saying, Lord, here's my calendar. Would you fill it for me? Here's my appointment book, God. Would you fill it for me? For some of you who are long-term thinkers, here's tomorrow's calendar. God, this is my month. This is my year. You know, we, we're barely, well, I know we're not barely into it. We're almost through the first month. God, this is my calendar. W- would, you, would you take control of that for me? That's hard, isn't it? And I'm going to say something that, that is, is kind of hard for us to accept. But it's absolutely true. Being a believer means serving in the body of Christ. Let me say it again. Being a believer means serving in the body of Christ. Do you buy that? Think about it this way. If Jesus is your Lord, then you're his servant. This is his church, his bride. And, and over and over, I mean, Romans is one. We know we have a similar thing Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians about that we're members of the body and that we should be serving one another in the body of Christ. 
It's not optional. And I promise I don't have sign-up sheets out in the coffee area today. In three weeks, we might. <laughs> not today. But, but I, just, I just want you to think about that. I, 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 you guys know I like don't ever stop talking. Some of you, I feel sorry for you because you walk up and stand and you wait patiently and wait patiently. And finally, I say, do you need something? I was just waiting for you to finish. Well, that won't happen. <laughs> you just have to say, can I talk to you? Just say. But I get to talk to people a whole lot, and and occasionally I'll run across someone, and and you start talking with them about Christ, and they say, no, I'm a Christian. And I say, really, what church do you go to? I I don't go to a church anywhere, because you don't have to go to a church to be a Christian. And I say, well, so how do you do the things the Bible says? (laughs) How do you serve in the body of Christ if you're not, like, connected in the body of Christ? Because you can't. And, and I know, I know, um, I was talking with someone earlier. I've, I've joined an elite group, AARP. They, they let you do that when you're really young nowadays. I don't know if you knew that. None of you bought that, did you? And I know there's a tendency to say, but I've done that. I, I did that. I, I've served. Cynthia and I, sometimes it, it really starts making me feel old. It, like, makes my knees hurt when I tell somebody stuff like, this year Cynthia and I will celebrate our 30th wedding anniversary. And she hates it when I say this, but I always try to follow it up with, we were six when we got married. <laughs> we, we weren't. We weren't. Or, or I've been ministering to students since 1987. And, and I love saying that to the kids because they're like, my parents weren't even born in 1987. I know, that, I know there's the tendency to say, I've, but I've done that. Listen, if God was finished with you, you wouldn't be here. Have you ever thought about that? Now, some of you do when, when, like, you get really close to that big bull elk and driving, you know, along the side. You're like, whoo, God wasn't finished with me because he let me still live through that. If you were finished, if God was finished with you, you wouldn't be here. Listen, here's what I want you to understand. He's not finished with you in two ways. He's not finished working in you, and he's not finished working through you. He's not finished. Now, now I don't know about you. Even though sometimes I'm really tired and I'm like, Lord, can we just be done? But that's really encouraging with me. God's not finished using me. He still has plans for me. God still intends to use me. And listen, sometimes we forget what it's like to be used of God, to see God change somebody's life, and you got to be a part of that. We were at Vacation Bible School training, uh, which... um, is always a really interesting thing. Uh, these are people, so so this training that we went to was in Fort Worth, so we, we're, it's close enough for us to drive. There are people there from Alaska. There are people there from Hawaii. There are people there from, from sometimes all around our nation. 
And when you get a bunch of people who have traveled that far, who go through that kind of trouble to go to a vacation Bible school training, you can bet you've got some nuts on your hand. And, and yeah, I know, we went too, so that says it about us. But, but one of the reasons we go to those, we get training, we get great ideas, we, we, we get familiar with what the theme and stuff is coming up for the year. So you're going to start hearing about all that pretty soon. But you know what, really, if this is all I got out of those, I would drive the 10 hours there and the 10 hours back. Because I'm reminded of how God works through us in the lives of other people. They ask, how many of you came to know Christ in vacation Bible school? And I couldn't raise my hand because um, I, didn't, I didn't know the Lord till I was 15. But on the way home, I was thinking my daughter came to know Christ in vacation Bible school. <laughs> and she didn't go to the pastor and ask him. <laughs> it's one of our church members that got to lead her to faith in Christ. Isn't that cool? Somebody that, and sorry. That may not be a lot to you because that's one person. But that's half of my kids right there. <laughs> that means a lot to me. And, and I get encouraged as we talk about that. And, and as I think over the years of, of the people that God has used me in their life. And, and, and I'm just a vessel. I'm just a tool. There's nothing we can do on our own except make ourselves available to him. But I wonder, not just those that I've had the, the awesome privilege of leading the faith in Christ, I wonder how many that, that I've been able to encourage. I've been so blessed that from literally the day that I came to faith in Christ to today, I have always had someone who's taken an interest in me and mentoring me. I still have one. We meet every Wednesday. People who've shaped my ministry. Wayne Bradshaw was one. Um, God can use you in the life of somebody else. He's not finished with you. Let me put it a different way. This is in your notes. As long as you are here, you're not done. You got that? As long as you are here, you are not done. Now, I have a test for you because I know some of you are saying, I don't know. I don't know if God wants to use me in ministry. I don't have any skills or gifts. And if you're really honest, you're saying, I don't have any time. I've got a test for you. I want everybody to take this test. If you fail it, I don't know what to tell you. Take these two fingers. And you're going to place them right here. You feel that? We've got a guy over here who's having trouble finding here. Somebody help him. You feel that? I just made that up, by the way. If you can feel something, then God wants to use you. There's a place for you to serve in the body of Christ. I I love scriptures that Psalm 100 verse 2 says, serve the Lord with gladness. That's what I want. I don't want anybody ever in this church, in this body of Christ, I don't want anybody ever to have that experience where 
it's every Wednesday, and you're like, oh. I, I would get a headache just thinking about it on Wednesday mornings. God, oh, man. I don't want anybody to dread that. I want us to be able to serve the Lord with gladness. But when we look at serving him, I also want us to to think of Psalm chapter 2, verse 11. that says, serve the Lord with fear and trembling. Here's why. God has chosen for, for whatever reason to partner with us in the gospel. Had a discussion on the way back. When you, th- those two poor ladies will never ride with me again. You get stuck with a pastor and you get him up on a little soapbox and he never quits talking and you can't leave. But but we started talking. We, we talked about a, a lot of things. But one of the things that we talked about was that people's need to hear the gospel. And 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 it came up, and this is a thought we often have: is is well, I just know that somewhere, somehow, God's going to let everybody have an opportunity to to receive Christ. And I said, "What if you were that opportunity, and you didn't? What if what if God, what if God wanted to partner with you?" And you didn't. We always think about the, the little tribe in Africa that's never heard about Jesus. What about your neighbor? And, and I know what you're saying. We live in America. Everybody's heard about Jesus. Maybe they haven't heard the gospel. That, listen, you're a sinner in need of saving. We have a problem, and it's called sin that separates us from God. But God loved you so much that he sent his son to save you from sin. And it's only through Jesus Christ can you have a relationship with God. Do you know how many people there are in the United States who've never heard that? Your neighbor might be one. God wants to use you. God chooses to to partner with us in ministry. And we just need to be willing to serve. So, So here's the prayer that I want us to pray this morning. God, will you reset my hands to serve you? Now, now here's what that might mean for you. That might mean that God needs to to make a change in thinking for you in the way that you serve. It it might mean that that rather than, than, well, you know, I, I, I served for this long and then quit or, you know, whatever it is. It might be a change in thinking in just the way that you serve. Maybe the change is this. Jesus is my master, and I'm his servant, and whatever he says, I'll do. In order to pray that prayer, Lord, reset my hands for service to you, it might mean that there's some things you have to give up. Because I know, I know time. Who's got more time than they know what to do with? I'm, I'm actually looking for hands here. Yeah, I know you reached up to scratch your head, but I, I noted that. I'm going to come contact you. Time, time is precious. I, I mentioned last week, been doing some physical therapy on my shoulder. Why, why, poor me, I know. But I'm like, I don't have time to do anything anymore. Twice a week, I got to go down to Alamogordo, and they got to torture me for an hour, and then I got to come back up and figure out what to do there. 
None of us have more time than we know what to do. So for some of us to pray this prayer, Lord, reset my hands for service to you, we might have to give up something. And in fact, I would think that that's probably most of us. Because you're not going to have time. You're going to have to make time. We're going to have to surrender. And that, that just goes back to saying, Jesus, you're my master. You ever thought of it this way? It's not your time. It's his time. It's not your calendar. It's his calendar. It's not your schedule. It's his schedule. God, what would you have me do? For some, if you're like me, sometimes I get into something and and I know it's what God wants me to do, but it's not quite as easy peasy as I thought it was going to (laughs) be. And so once you once you decide to do that, I, I promise you, I, I just know the way things are. Once you say, you know what, I'm going to make time to serve God. I'm, I'm not going to let that be one of these things that if I have time, I'll do it, or in my spare time, I'll do it, or that I'm going to make time. I, I promise you, once you decide to do that, everything's going to want to eat up your time. You may be going to physical therapy on your finger, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you don't have the time that you thought you were going to have. In that case, you're just going to have to say, you know what? Jesus, you're my master, and I'm your servant, and I'm going to do it anyway, and you're just going to have to take care of the other things. You're just going to have to take care of the other things. Or it may be that that after you pray, Lord, reset my hands for a ministry, and and then you commit to God, God, I'm going to do that. You show me what it is that you want me to do, and you begin to do that. Then, man, this really great opportunity comes up. There's a group that plays golf every Tuesday night, and it's a scramble. That's the only way I can play golf, by the way, because somebody's going to have a ball we can play from, and it's not going to be mine. Or or someone's going to come up to you and say, hey, look, look, we're putting together a men's coffee fellowship. And it's only going to take two hours a week. Two and a half if the coffee's really good that night. There are going to be distractions, and, and you're just going to have to just be able to say, Lord, I, I just put those distractions aside. But let me encourage you this morning as as we enter a time of invitation and response to pray this prayer. And and I'm not going to tell you what this means. I'm going to let God tell you what this means for you. But to pray this prayer, Lord, reset my hands for service. Would you help me remember, God, that you're the master and I'm the servant. And just show me where you want me to serve. Show me how you want me to serve. Some of you are, are thinking, but what what if Pastor Larry to start, decides to start a Boys and Girls Pioneer Club every Wednesday night for three hours? That's not my plan, by the way, but would you just trust God? Would you just trust him? Whatever it is he calls you to do, that that's where he's going to work. And if you trust in him, he's going to take care of those other things. How, how are you going to have time to, to get all those other things done if you don't have time to do them already, and yet now you've committed to serving God in, in a different way?
Would you just trust him to do that? Let's pray. Lord, I keep waiting for a time in life when things slow down. I keep waiting to get to a place where my to-do list actually starts to shrink instead of grow. When I was in high school, I thought maybe that would be when I got to college. And then when I got to college, I thought maybe that would be when I graduated and got married. And then after I was married, I thought maybe when I had kids, things would settle down. And then God, the thought of when my kids grow up, go off to college, things will slow down. And God, I'm even tempted to say, maybe when I retire someday. Father, I've come to a realization that I just have to surrender to serve you now. If things ever slow down, I don't know when they'll be. If I if I ever get everything done that I think I need to do, I don't know when that will be. But Father, what I do know is that you're calling me to serve you here and now. And God, it's the same for all of us. Lord, today, would you reset our hands for service to you? Would you change our thinking where it needs to be changed? Would you change our hearts where it needs to be changed? And, and God, would you, would you just help us to realize that you are our master? Jesus, we serve you and, and begin to arrange our lives around serving you in your church. And God, I pray that as we do that, that you'd teach us to trust you more. And as we do, that, God, you'd show yourself as faithful. You'd help us to, to put aside anything that might distract us and, and just stick to the work that you've called us to do. Lord, there are people who, who need to hear the gospel that Jesus saves from sin. That's not going to happen if I let my agenda drive my life. So God, today, would you reset our hands for service? In Jesus' name we pray, amen.